Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God. His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. Thank you to the generous underwriters of Sharper Iron, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. And Luther Classical College, College for Lutherans by Lutherans, opening in fall 2025. Learn more at lutherclassical.org. Today is Thursday, April 27th. It is the first day of share This is your opportunity to support the worldwide outreach of KFUO. Throughout the program and throughout the day, you will have ways that you can partner with KFUO in order to continue to expand the proclamation of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. That proclamation of Christ does not stop during share though. Today and tomorrow, we have a couple of special studies lined up on Sharper Iron. Since each show will have four segments, we are going to look at books of the Bible with four chapters. Today, we are in the Old Testament, diving into the four-chapter book of Jonah. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Dustin Beck. Pastor Beck serves at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Ward, Texas. Pastor Beck, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Good morning, Iron. Pastor Apple. It's great to be with you today. How are things? Uh, things are well. How are things oh, for you? things are great. Things are great. We're just... You don't look like you're in Ward today. No, uh, I'm actually uh, with my sons. They've got a robotics competition uh, through 4-H. So we're in Conroe, Texas, where it is very cloudy and uh, beautiful trees and everything like that. I thought it'd be a nice day to to be outside to bring KFUO uh, a little bit of the beauty of, uh, well, I guess East Texas over here. That's right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Pastor Beck, we are talking about Jonah today, and I think I bring this up every time, but you teach at Faith Lutheran High School in Central Texas, and so you should have no problem giving us one book of the Bible in... Yeah, absolutely. That's never been an issue before, you know? Uh, Jonah's an interesting (laughs) book because uh, it's it's this book that is sort of... It introduces the idea of an anti-hero which is something that we see uh, a lot of times these days in movies and in books. And um, with Jonah, you really see somebody who, you know, he's the main character. He's the protagonist, of course, uh, in in the book. But as it unfolds, it seems like he's more of a cautionary tale. Sorry about that. I don't know if y'all can hear the horn in the background. That's exciting. Um, He's a cautionary tale, or or if you will, a cautionary whale of a situation. Uh, Jonah, did you see what I did there? Yes, yes. So what we have with Jonah is we have an example of what not to do. Uh, We have the main theme of the book is that God indeed shows his mercy uh, to people who don't deserve that mercy, to people that, you know, have no business experiencing and receiving the love of God. Uh, And the question that we are left with, we're literally left with a question at the end of the book. And the question is, what will we do? How will we respond when the people that we don't think should have mercy, how will we respond to that? It's very reminiscent of uh, Luke 15 and uh, the prodigal son and, you know, the older brother who's there. Well, how is he going to respond to this brother of, you know, this this son of yours uh, who was dead, who is now alive, who was lost, who is now found? How are we going to respond to that? Are we going to be like the older brother refusing to come back in? like Jonah, uh, or are we going to rejoice and enter the feast? I think that's kind of the question that's under the, under the surface with Jonah. 
All right, so a lot of us know the basic Sunday school story, sure. which is the first three chapters. What you were talking about there in chapter four is the part that sometimes gets left yeah. out that we don't talk about, and it doesn't even make the children's Bible sometimes. <laughs> but we have a, t- a chance to talk about it today. Yes, sir. So let's, let's work chapter by chapter. This is the first segment, so chapter one. Give us a, a summary of what happens in Jonah chapter oh, one. Oh, so things go quick in Jonah chapter one. I mean, so we get started, and uh, we meet Jonah, and the way that Jonah is introduced is is really interesting. I mean, we just have like one verse that says, you know, here's here's who Jonah is. He's the son of Amittai, you know, and uh, he's mentioned one other time. I think it's in Second uh, Kings, but he's he's brought up one other time in the Old Testament. And of course, Jesus references the sign of Jonah as he's in the belly of the fish three days. But other than that, Jonah doesn't really show up all all over the scriptures. You know, like you hear about Isaiah in various places, Elijah. But when the chapter begins to unfold, uh, we see this pattern. And I know we've talked about it on this program before, but if folks haven't uh, been with us, um, there is this pattern in the Old Testament of God saying something and then the people responding by doing it. Uh, And this is really drawn out, uh, for instance, in Exodus and in Leviticus, where God gives these specific verbatim instructions. And then it turns around and it has like the full paragraph verbatim. And Moses did. And everything is exactly the way that God spoke it. But here, there's this disconnect where, again, Jonah is going to sort of be our foil. He's going to be our anti-hero. I almost used the uh, the phrase when I was typing up notes for today uh, that Jonah serves kind of as the anti-Christ, but that has way too many different connotations. And I know you've been in First John recently, so we're not quite right. going there. But there are a lot of parallels between Jonah's uh, life and Jesus's life, only Jonah doesn't get it right, okay? Um, so God comes to Jonah, the word of the Lord comes to him, says, get up, Jonah, go to Nineveh, to that great city. And then if you, I know that you and I have both translated this from Hebrew because that was part of our, uh, our fourth year, our last year uh, in college. And uh, when you translate it, the verbiage is exactly the same. So Jonah got up and he went, but he doesn't go to Nineveh. He doesn't go to the place that God commands him. So you almost kind of have the rug pulled out from under you because you think, God spoke it, the prophet's going to do it. But instead, what happens? God spoke it, Jonah gets up, and he goes to Tarshish, which there's some debate about where exactly this is, but suffice it to say, it is disobedient to God. It is in the, very likely, the polar opposite direction. It is as far from Nineveh as he could get. But there's sort of, as an audience, there's the question that sort of comes into our minds, which is, why is he not wanting to go to Nineveh. That's the one you mentioned. We don't find out the answer to that until chapter four. We don't find out why Jonah is reluctant to go until then. I should mention also that uh, Nineveh is in the Assyrian Empire up to the north, um, and that this is um, very likely, I mean, like 80 years or so, 100 years-ish before the Assyrians invade Israel uh, and just wipe the place out and carry them off into captivity. Um, but we still have another prophet, isn't it Nahum that also deals with Nineveh? Yeah, yeah. But we're not we're not quite there yet. Now Nineveh is given an opportunity to repent. So Jonah's going to flee. He's going to get out of Dodge. He's going to head towards Tarshish. He hires out a ship with seafarers, and uh, then he goes down into the the belly of the ship to take a nap. Um, there is this tumult that comes upon the sea. Uh, interesting also to note when you're reading through the book of Jonah. Pay attention to how active God is throughout the book. God appoints, God sends this tempest upon uh, upon the sea. Uh, he's going to do the same thing with uh, 
later this chapter with a great fish that's going to swallow Jonah, not giving away too many spoilers here. I hope everybody already knows the story. Um, also uh, to the, uh, the, the plant that's going to grow up and give Jonah the shade, to the worm that's going to come and devour it. God appoints all of these things, even to the strong uh, hot east wind that blows. God appoints all of it. And so we can see God's, God's workings in the book of Jonah. Um, at times, though, he's working against his own prophet, which sort of, I don't know that that's something we're used to seeing. So it's, it's at least an interesting, uh, interesting facet to this book. So there's this tumult on the sea, which the Lord sends, and Jonah is asleep like everything's yeah. okay. But meanwhile, all the sailors on deck, they know not everything's okay. So tell us that. Yeah, yeah, this is not the way that things are supposed to go. You know, and again, um, I'll just point this out. This is sort of reminiscent of the experience of the disciples when Jesus is asleep in the stern of the boat, right? When he's just, you know, going about his business, he's tired, so he took a nap. Um, but these sailors, they decide, of course, we get the impression they're all pagans, and so they start crying out to their gods. They cast lots, and, um, well, it turns out, where's, where, you know, the lots are falling not to any of us that this is, you know, our fault or anything like that. Wh whose fault is it? They find Jonah down in the stern, and he gives them a very quick explanation. He goes, listen, guys, it's, it's because of me. It's because of what I've done. God is angry with me. God is is uh, meeting out his judgment upon me right here and right now. Um, and so, yeah, sure enough, they cast lots and, and the lot falls to Jonah. I mean, every all indications are pointing towards Jonah. You are the problem. Um, but then he does a surprising thing. And he says, uh, well, here's what you do to save your lives. Here's what you got to do. Not, not just casting off the, the tackle and casting off all of the cargo and everything like that. Throw me into the ocean and uh, everything will turn out fine. So... I don't, I think there's two ways of reading this, Pastor Apple. Uh, we can say either that Jonah is being selfless here, that he's being kind of a, maybe you could say a Christ-like figure, okay? Um, you know, I'll, I'll take the punishment, etc. I think the other way to take it, and I, I think because of this anti-hero um, sort of idea, I think the way that I take it, and you feel free to disagree with me here, I think this is Jonah refusing once again to repent. I think this is Jonah doubling down on the way that he's going to do things, which is to say, I would rather die than go to Nineveh. And we got to remember that for the ancient world, the sea is a place of chaos and death. You know, it wasn't until like 170 years ago that, you know, submarines were invented and we could plumb the depths of the seas and everything like that, which we still haven't finished exploring. Up until 170 years ago, the depths of the ocean, the sea, that's tumult, that's chaos, that's sure and certain death. And so Jonah says, I'd rather experience that than go to Nineveh. Is that, is that the way you, you read this one as well? That's okay. the way I've read it. Again, because of the way Jonah acts in yeah. chapter four, that he's, he's ready to die over a, over a plant that has not given him shade anymore. We'll, find, we'll come to that we in chapter four. But yeah, that's the way I've always taken it too. He just, he's ready to die. He doesn't want to do what God has given him to do. One, just briefly sure. before we go to our break, it is striking that even as Jonah doesn't want to do the things that God has for him to do, still Jonah gives a marvelous confession oh, of faith yes. in, the, in Jonah chapter one. And by the end of the chapter, when the sailors throw him into the sea, they're praying to the right. Lord. And, and the book tells us that they actually feared yeah. the Lord. Now, I don't know that that means they were converted, but it's just striking how despite Jonah's disobedience, the Lord still gets his word proclaimed. Despite to these Jonah's sailors. best efforts, yeah. And, and 
That's right. That's right. So that's always been just a marvelous little part there of, of Jonah right. chapter one. So that gets us to Jonah is going to be thrown into the sea. The, the storm calms down. The Lord provides that fish to swallow Jonah. And that's where we'll pick Jonah up in chapter two. We are going to take a short break right now. Talk a little bit about Sherathon, which is your opportunity to partner with us here at KFUO. We got Andy Bates with us to tell us a little bit about some of those opportunities. You are correct, Pastor Apple. It is Sherathon 2023, and it is Sharper Iron on Sherathon 2023, and we're having a great time here in studio. This is our first time doing visual radio for our listeners uh, who have Whoa. Facebook or want to check out Facebook. Go to KFUO Radio on Facebook. You can see Facebook Live, and you can actually see the faces of Pastor Apple and Pastor Beck this morning. I think, Pastor Beck, are you in a park? Oh, yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I'm in the middle of nowhere, man. It's awesome, right? <laughs> I it's it's a good thing you're not at a water park while we're studying Jonah today. Yeah. Yeah, that, that might have been appropriate. We could have done that. <laughs> well, you can partner with us during Sherathon 2023 by calling 1-800-730-2727. That's 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850. There are various levels at which you can give, and one of those levels let me open up the handy book so I can share with you some of the cool things that you can uh, receive as a thank you along with that gift. So if you join us at the engineer level of $720 a year or $60 a month, we would love to send you KFUO radio socks. Now, I know tomorrow's guest is going to be really excited about this. Uh, KFUO radio socks. You can see them if you go to the KFUO website, kfuo.org slash shareathon, or just go to kfuo.org and click on the shareathon banner at the top. Look at oh, those look, socks. Pastor Apple's holding up a picture of those oh, socks man. right there. They are fun. They've got the KFUO colors on them. And uh, I got to admit, they're pretty comfortable. I think they're super comfortable. For a gift of $720, we'd like to say thank you with those socks. <laughs> and we'll also share with you a KFUO shirt and a KFUO pen. And that also includes day sponsorship as well. So you can share an announcement with uh, our, your KFUO listeners about your special day. Maybe you want to honor your pastor on a special day mm -hmm. during uh, the year. You can do that by joining us and partnering with us at the engineer level. And uh, we'd be happy to send all those things as thank yous. 1-800-730-2727. Now, I got to ask Pastor Apple, you've been hosting Sharper Iron now for a couple of years now. What is this? We're going into year three. Is that right? I, it'll be four Oof, in July. Four. Oh, wow. And yeah, uh, so what's your favorite thing about hosting Sharper Iron, getting to study God's word nearly every day? So it's, it's fantastic to be able to speak to other pastors who are smarter than me and hear their insights in the word of God. And it's been amazing to realize just how much the Lord has worked on me through his word. Sometimes even when I don't realize it, I'll be studying the scriptures here in the congregational setting. I'll be like, oh, I, I know that. Someone has told me that answer before. Let me share it with you. And it's been beneficial to my faith getting to, to speak to these pastors and just getting to know people from across the country that I have not always met face to face. It's a real joy to study the scriptures with them. And most of the time when, uh, when it comes up, you know, when you realize that uh, someone wise shared something with you, 90% of the time it was Pastor Beck, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have more Sherathon, more Sharper Iron to share with you in just a moment. 1-800-730-2727, 1-800-730-2727, or 314-821-0850. These guys will be back in 60 seconds. Good day. 
Call 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Each weekday on the Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah, we share and discuss stories of living boldly Lutheran. Including missionary updates, mercy work, events and topics applicable to your daily vocations, and maybe some fresh dark roast. The Coffee Hour weekdays at 9 a.m. on KFUO, underwritten by Concordia <laughs> University, Wisconsin. Even in these uncertain times, Missouri lawyers are here to help. If your income has been impacted by the current global crisis, or if you qualify as a low-income household, you can have your legal questions answered for free at missouri.freelegalanswers.org. You can ask up to five questions, and they'll be answered by a lawyer licensed in Missouri at no cost to you. Missouri lawyers want you to know you are not alone. Get free answers to your legal questions at missouri.freelegalanswers.org. Brought to you by the Missouri Bar. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's Thursday, April 27th. We're studying the book of Jonah today with Pastor Dustin Beck. Pastor Beck, when last we left our, normally we'd say our fearless hero, but I think we have a fearful anti-hero, right. according to what he told us so far. <laughs> so he's been cast into the sea. The Lord has appointed a great fish to swallow mm -hmm. him, and Jonah finds himself in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. And Jonah chapter 2, which is where we are in this second sure. segment, is a prayer that Jonah speaks from the belly of the fish. Now, this is, again, one of those parts that is in the scriptures. We know that he prays, but sometimes the text of this prayer gets left out of, of the study. We just say, hey, he prayed, and that's yeah. that. Take us into some of the things that Jonah prays from the belly of the fish. So um, one of the things that I, I'd like to uh, point out is that in our hymnal, there is a hymn that is the Song of Jonah. Uh, it's, it's near the back, and it's, it's more of a chanted song. Uh, but this idea of, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Um, there is this beautiful kind of picture of, I mean, I think we can call it repentance. It certainly sounds that way, right? That he, I mean, when he is brought low and I mean, this is about as low as you can go. He is, he's fish food right now. He is, you know, uh, experiencing, you know, the early stages of digestion and not from the way that you and I experience digestion, but the way that our food does. You know, he's, he's down in this deep, dark place, and he recognizes the fact that God is the one that has put him in this deep, dark place. Uh, so he does cry out to God that God would save him. He does um, ask for God's uh, salvation to be upon him. He, he sort of depicts the, uh, the imagery here. The waters were closing in on me to take away my life. The deep was surrounding me. He says, I, I'm driven from your sight, from your holy temple. But he has these words of hope that almost kind of remind me of like uh, Job 19, you know, even after my flesh has been thus destroyed, yet with my own eyes I shall see my Redeemer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because he says, um, I'm driven away uh, from your sight, yet shall I look again upon your holy temple. He has this, this hope and this trust that he will have the opportunity to again gaze upon the goodness of God in his temple uh, which we certainly can, you know, when we find a prophet who is getting it wrong throughout the book, when he does get it right, we can sort of, you know, cling to that and just say, okay, you know, I mean, it's not to say that Jonah doesn't have faith. We, we certainly wouldn't want to paint that kind of a picture, uh, but that Jonah is, he's an imperfect figure. He's somebody whose faith at times is faltering. And I mean, that's, that's us too. So that's one of the reasons that I, I love the book of Jonah is because he is the reluctant prophet. And I think oftentimes 
I'm too reluctant to open my mouth. I know that's hard for you to believe because you know me, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's something that, you know, when we need to say something and it's a hard thing to say, or it's going to be a hard audience. I think that's one of the things that a lot of Christians struggle with. And that's one of the reasons that Jonah can be such a captivating, um, such a captivating thing to study and a, a, such a, just a wonderful book. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that Jonah says, and you mentioned the first verse, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. He answered me. He says he, he's crying out from the belly of Sheol. Yeah. And that's one of those words that, you know, it shows up in the intro or the psalmody of sure. the day and, and you're singing it or saying it responsibly with the congregation. When you get to that one, especially when it's a part of the congregation, people kind of say, well, what, what's that? So what is Sheol, yeah. Pastor Beck? Um, as best I understand, and, and you, obviously, you're spending a lot more time uh, engaging with various different hosts, but as far as I can understand, uh, based on what I've read and everything else, Sheol has this understanding of this is, this is where people go when they die, okay? Especially in the Old Testament, this is, I mean, it's often in some versions of the Bible translated to the pit, okay? But this is the this is the place that I, I had this conversation just yesterday uh, with our students at Faith High School. They were talking about, well, we're in the book of Revelation right now. And so we're talking about, you know, I mean, topics like Hades, you know, the, the rider on the fourth horse that, you know, is uh, is death. And he brings with him Hades. What, what in the world is going on with that? And so the question kind of came up like, you know, for Christians, you know, is death a bad thing? Is, is going down to Sheol, to the pit, is that is that a bad thing? Well, and I, I said kind of, it's, it's both, right? For the Christian, we know that our death, you know, our life is hidden away in Christ. So we, we die in this life. We, we leave all the sadness behind and we go to heaven. But death is still not a part of God's plan for creation. Death is still one of the enemies, although it has been defeated. So um, especially when we look in the Old Testament, we see talk of Sheol going down to the pit, things of that nature. There is this idea that this is contrary to God's will for creation, this tearing apart of body and soul, when the soul goes to be, you know, in, in heaven with Christ, uh, when the body goes to decompose. I think that's been at least the, the best way that I've been able to understand and to make sense of Sheol, uh, is that this is, the, this is the wages of sin. This is the death that catches up with us. Is that, am I off base there? I think generally speaking, I mean, in certain contexts, it can have a, a slightly different right. nuance, but I think here, you know, Jonas basically saying out of the, out of the place of the dead, this is where I'm yeah. crying to you, O Lord. But notice that, that there is still hope for Jonah as he cries yeah. out here, that the, the Lord, he knows, Jonah knows that the Lord is able to bring him mm-hmm. out of even this deepest of yeah, verse depths, six. even if that is, it is Sheol. That's right. So, I mean, by the end of Jonah's Psalm, by the end of Jonah's prayer, it does seem that he has made that turn of repentance right. back toward a confession of faith in the Lord. Yeah, and I think that maybe this is you know instructive for us. Uh, and, and again, Jonah is going to be a cautionary tale. Don't be like Jonah, uh, but it's instructive for us because how often do we wait until we you know hit proverbial rock bottom? We wait until things couldn't get any worse, and we realize that, and then we were like, "Well, I've I've got no options left. I guess I can turn to God." <laughs> Um, so we should not be like Jonah. We shouldn't wait until we're literally or figuratively, you know, in the belly of a fish, you know, trying to figure out where did I go wrong in this life? <laughs> it should never come to that. You know, our, our first, uh, first course of action should always be, it's time to repent. It's, you know, if there's a problem, I should assume that I am at the center of it. It's, 
maybe a self-deprecating way of looking yeah. at things, but it tracks. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so the Lord brings Jonah to yeah. repentance there in the belly of the fish. And we didn't really talk about it in the first segment. And actually, if, if I remember correctly, what we have is 117 in the English text is in chapter two of the Hebrew text. So we, we should probably talk about the fact that Jonah's there for three days and three nights. That, that might like be important po- important. Yeah, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so Jonah goes into uh, the belly of the fish three days, three nights. Um, and this is going to be taken up by Jesus in uh, Matthew 12, Matthew 16, and then uh, Luke 11, I think, is the other place where he makes the same thing. No sign will be given, you know, because you're seeking after all of these signs. Just do one more miracle and we'll believe in you. And Jesus says, no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. For as he was in the belly of the fish three days, three nights, so will the, the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth three days, three nights. So there's, there is some overlap here that Jesus sort of co-ops. I don't know that that's necessarily... I mean, nothing's by accident in the Bible, but I don't know that this is, necess- you know, the uh, the original audience, the first hearers of Jonah's prophecy, you know, the people in Nineveh, all that kind of stuff. I don't think that they're looking at this, well, ah, this is pointing towards the fact that Jesus is going to die on a Friday and rise on a Sunday. No, I don't I don't think that's what's going on here. Uh, but for us who have the uh, the interpretive lens of Jesus, that, that key that opens the scriptures to us, uh, we certainly look at this and we see this again as... Jonah being sort of the anti-hero who is a type of Christ, but an imperfect one, a very imperfect one. Um, and so we look to Jesus as the, the next and the, the greater, the greatest uh, in the line of Jonah, um, because he comes and preaches yeah. not reluctantly, as we'll see next chapter, you know, teasers. Uh, right. He comes and he preaches unto his own crucifixion. He comes and he preaches with reckless abandon. Jesus is not one to mince words. Um, but yeah, so we have uh, the three days, the three nights, uh, ultimately fulfilled in Christ. That's right. That's right. That's right. Jonah, Jonah receives a resurrection yeah. of sorts here that is fulfilled in the resurrection of exactly. Christ. As Pastor Starkey says in, in his Easter hymn, all the earth with joy is. is sounding. Jesus is the greater Jonah bounding from the grave, it. his three-day yeah. bed. So Jonah, at the end of chapter 2, is vomited out mm. of the fish, and the Lord will speak to him again in chapter 3, which we'll pick up in the next segment. we got Andy Bates back with us for this break to tell us more about Sherathon. It is Sherathon 2023, and it is sharper iron as well. We are diving in with Jonah this morning, Pastor Apple, Pastor Beck, helping us study God's Word. I have... I have some letters from the mailbag to uh, share with our listeners and to share with you. Pastor Apple, you might have read some of these before. Um, some of these might like a be binder, uh, familiar to you. Um, the first one is Rose of Smithville, Texas. Rose writes, I am thoroughly enjoying the study of Advent hymns on sharper iron. By listening to it, I have a greater appreciation <coughs> of these hymns and what the words truly mean. Thank you. Thank to all of you for putting together such an amazing radio station. That was Rose of Smithville, Texas. I bet you know Rose, don't God you, Pastor Rose. I do, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, also Steve in Morgan Hill, California writes, Dear Pastor Apple, thank you so much for your study of Deuteronomy on Sharper Iron. It's great, so great to walk through God's Word with you and the excellent guests you have on your show. Deuteronomy, that was a brave one. <laughs> it was that awesome. Was fun. You know, so I mean, it really was. That's you, you asked me about you know the blessings of being the host, and, and one of the blessings is, you know, you, you start to read the Bible, well, you run out of those point, those parts that you're always familiar with. So you read the other parts that you're not as familiar with, and that's a great blessing to be able to do so. So I, it, it's always remarkable, although it really shouldn't be, I suppose, 
how applicable it is to just read the scriptures, even the ones that you don't always think are going to be applicable. There's been plenty of times where I remembered something that I learned from Deuteronomy, and, oh, that applies. Imagine that. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, if you appreciate the Bible studies like Rose and Steve and Pastor Apple and Pastor Beck, if you appreciate these Bible studies, give us a call today and make your gift. 1-800-730-2727. 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850. I see Mary in studio. Do you have an update for us today, Mary? I do. Oh. I do. We have reached we have. another level, haven't we? We have. We've passed that 25,000 mark. Oh, nice. And we are now actually at $28,731. So thank you, everyone, who's helped us to get there. Um, I have a couple people I'd like to thank, and then we have a raffle to give away. Very good, very good. We got to draw, we get to draw a name, or we, did we, you draw a name? Name has been drawn. Excellent, excellent. Name has been drawn. Um, thanks, to, thanks to our staff in the back who randomly picked... Um, I would like to first thank Bob and Michelle Pirette from Ventura, California. Thank you so much, Bob and Michelle. They are day sponsors for June 7th. They are doing that day in honor of the Lutheran Layman's League in Southern California. So thank you, Bob and Michelle. We really appreciate that. Outstanding. I, I get to talk with the parents. Well, I get to talk with Bob every once in a while. And, and <laughs> such a, a pleasure, such a joy to always chat with. So thanks so much, parents, for your support. <laughs> and I want to thank Ruth Westpafall. Sorry, Westfall. I'm sorry, Ruth. I'm probably mispronounced that. Ruth Westfall of Festus, Missouri. Thank you so much for your gift. She just called in. And I'd like to thank Carl and Janet Dickey of St. Louis, Missouri, who are also day sponsors. They are doing June 23rd in loving memory of their daughter, Carla, on the day she was called home to the Lord, and November 26th in honor of their wedding anniversary. So thank you very much for your support. Outstanding. And so thank you to those who have called in or, or written in and made your gift. Now we've drawn a name. What is the lovely prize that this person is winning today? This story so Bible from Concordia is. Publishing House. It is. And this is... If you're watching on Facebook Live, you can actually see, kind of in the background here, you can see the Story Bible from Concordia Publishing House. It is a treasure of over 130 Bible stories, a great help to pastors, teachers, and I can attest to this, parents as well. <laughs> Love the pictures in it. It's a really helpful resource for, uh, for reading God's Word at home, especially for those visual little learners. It is really nice. I really like the fact that they have realistic pictures so it, it doesn't seem like a fairy tale mm -hmm. or a fantasy it makes it feel like god is real god is real mm -hmm. <laughs> and we want children to understand that too and so it's a wonderful way to help convey that that understanding that god is real and god is here and god loves you so it's a wonderful book who and is the winner of the story bible from concordia publishing house so our winner is actually christine schwartz of quincy illinois hey christine thanks so much for calling in this morning and your support and you are now the proud owner of the story bible from concordia publishing house thanks for your support thank you so much mary yeah thank you you can join with christine and supporting kfuo 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850 and you can join in the fun by watching live on Facebook Live today. Find KFUO Radio on Facebook. You can see Pastor Apple and Pastor Beck's face on KFUO's Facebook Live today. It is time to get back to Sharper Iron with these guys.
Welcome back to Sharper Iron. We're studying Jonah with Pastor Dustin Beck this morning. We are in the third segment, so that means we're in Jonah chapter 3, Pastor Beck. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time after he's been vomited out of this fish. And this time the pattern holds. God speaks, yes, Jonah does. Indeed. You know, I don't know if uh, having our faces on Facebook Live is going to help donations or hurt donations. This might be a one-and-done kind of a proposition, <laughs> but it's, it's fun. This is, this is neat. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, okay. it reminds me a lot more of when you were in Texas and we were able to sit across the table from each other and, sure. you know, interact. So that's fun. Now, uh, Jonah 3 is, like you said, uh, we're gonna, we almost get a redo, right? Because the same exact words from Jonah 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, get up, Jonah, go to Nineveh, to that great city, and call out against it. And this time, he does. He gets up. He doesn't flee to Tarshish. Jonah gets up, and he follows the word of the Lord. He does what he is supposed to do. <clears throat> we get just a, a brief snippet of how big the city of Nineveh is. We come to understand that it takes three days uh, to journey across it, which that's very large. That's, that seems exceedingly large. I can't imagine. Well, I'm right outside of Houston right now, so I, I guess I could understand yeah. something like that. Uh, but Jonah is, he goes a day's journey into the midst of it. And then do you, do you happen to remember? Um, I know this was, this was as I mentioned uh, in a first, the first segment, uh, when we took Hebrew uh, uh, at Concordia, this was sort of the, the last big translation that we did was the entire book of Jonah. And I will right. never forget the first time that I translated Jonah's sermon. You know, we've already, we've had his prayer. We've had the, un, you know, the, uh, like you mentioned, the Sunday school, uh, the story Bible uh, parts of the, uh, the story. But then we get to Jonah's sermon and it's like five words. It's, yeah. it's the shortest sermon I think ever, right? He preaches this sermon and... I don't even think that it's, I don't even think he preaches it with gusto. This is sort of my imagination, but I think that he sort of goes his day's journey in and he's almost just like, I've seen as much as I want to see. And then he preaches this short sermon and he basically says, he says, 40 days, Nineveh's going to be overthrown. He doesn't mention Yahweh, at least not in the text that's given here. He doesn't talk about why they're going to be overthrown. He doesn't tell them that they should repent. He doesn't give them instructions or anything like that. Um, he just says, 40 days, Nineveh overthrown. And it, the sermon works. The people hear it, and the word begins to spread. And it goes throughout the city like wildfire to the point that even it even reaches the king's ears. And the people hear it, they repent. Uh, again, maybe this is a testament to just how incredible our God is. Uh, you know, the, the sailors back in chapter one are, for all intents and purposes, they're converted by, you know, not by Jonah's good preaching or his good character, but in spite of him. And here again, Nineveh, it seems, is going to repent. They're going to fear God, at least in some sort of a way. Uh, we're going to actually see the desired outcome uh, of what God's preaching is supposed to do. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. So, so the word reaches uh -huh. the king, and the king leads this repentance. And, and the repentance involves both physical actions. There's fasting, there's sackcloth, there's yeah. ashes. 
and the king actually issues this proclamation of repentance, which I've always found remarkable. Anytime a king repents in particularly is striking, because especially at this time, the king can do whatever he wants, and the king very easily could put the preacher to death, but the king listens, and the king actually leads the people in repentance, and I find that absolutely remarkable. And as you said, a testament is it? uh, I mean, Jonah is a prophet during the reign, I believe, of Jeroboam II. I think that's accurate. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, but, I think we find that in Second Kings. I mean, Jeroboam II is not a great king. And so this is, the, this is the reaction that you would hope Israel would have. You know, God sends his prophet to speak God's word, and the king, and, you know, after that, all the people, they respond in faith. They repent. They, they rebel or return from their idolatrous ways. They return from their wickedness, and, and everything works out. But here we've got a foreigner... Nineveh, Assyria, you know, you've got these folks that are repenting. And I I love, you know, the detail here that he says, by decree of the king and of his nobles, let neither man nor beast, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man be covered with sackcloth. Uh, And then even the animals, like their, their animals are called to repentance. That's, that's a little, you know, that's just a weird detail that's thrown in there. It's like, even the animals are made to fast in repentance. The animals ever do. Well, we'll, we'll find out in, at the end of chapter 4 he that God cares about those animals too. <laughs> that, 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 that God cares yeah. about his whole creation. It, I mean, I think there, there's something to that, that he, he cares about all creation. He redeems Definitely. all creation, as we know yeah. from the book of Revelation. It's a new creation that he brings. So there, there's something to the fact that the animals are mentioned more than once here in the book of Jonah. Uh, the way that the king leads the repentance, you know, in verse 8, it's not just the fasting and the ashes and all the sackcloth, but it is turn from the evil way, turn from the violence. And then verse 9, who knows? God may turn and relent. They know, it, it seems, they know that they can't force God's hand with their repentance, but rather in their repentance, they simply throw their themselves upon yeah. God's mercy and let him be merciful. And that is Absolutely. what he does. Yeah, God God turns from the evil that he had intended to do to them uh, when he sees that they are, they are willing to turn an ear to him. They are willing to not harden their hearts against him. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to find that that's in the next chapter. That's what Jonah's going to sort of do. But we'll get that after the, after the next break. Um, yeah, God relents of the disaster that he said that he would do to them. He, he didn't do it. And uh, that's where we end, is on such a positive note, chapter 3. Don't you love it? Well, and, and, that's, and that's why I think sometimes the, yeah. the children's story Bibles will end at this point and not uh-huh. talk about Jonah chapter 4. I, I do think that verse 3, verse yeah. 10 is very important, because this is really the reason God sent Jonah in the first place. He, he warns of the coming disaster so that people would repent, so that he then would not send right. that coming disaster. So when, when your pastor preaches the law to you, God wants you to repent so that, that that punishment that you deserve by the law, that he would not give that to you, but instead bestow Absolutely. his grace upon you. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the point. And, you know, it's yeah. not—we shouldn't read so far into this that we would say, you know, that this is a when you sin, God is going to punish you in this way, and when you repent, God is going to right. not punish you. I, I think that that's—when right. it's in the Bible— you know, that is a specific instance that God is telling us that that is the reason that this is happening or not happening. But in terms of our daily lives, we can say it in general. We can say it, you know, when bad things happen, it is on account of sin. We absolutely know that. 
And, and so what should we always do? Well, we should always repent. We should always believe the gospel. Uh, but to say that, you know, this specific thing happened in my life, I got this diagnosis or, you know, this terrible thing, or I got a flat tire or, or whatever, you can't really assign meaning to that, um, especially not say sure. God brought this. Sure. Know? Sure. I, and and, I, and that's, that's very important. The point that I, I think is important that we see is that when God preaches this sort of disaster, the reason that he preaches it is yes, for the sake of absolutely. showing mercy. Absolutely. It's always to turn that way. That, that I think. That's right. And that's and as we will see, that is what Jonah doesn't like. And and that's why he rebelled. And that's what we're going to pick up in chapter four in the fourth mm. segment. So we have Andy Bates back with us to tell us more about Sheriff. Hi, Andy. Did we reach another goal, Andy? I want to do a want to <laughs> do the bell and all the raffle things again. Uh, almost, almost there. We're almost there. We're right. at twenty eight thousand seven hundred thirty one. Wow. So okay. when we get to thirty thousand, then we'll be able to draw another okay. name. And I wanted to Let's get that before nine o'clock, people. <laughs> if you are watching on Facebook Live, uh, you can see I've got my KFUO radio shirt on. Hi, everybody on Facebook Live. I've got my KFUO radio shirt on. I've got the guys version, obviously. Uh, the There is also a ladies version as well, but I love the guys version because it has Christ for you on the mm. sleeve. Now, we want to say thank you to those who call in and make a gift today of $240 or just $20 a month. Um, we would love to say thank you with the KFUO long sleeve shirt. The men's is a navy long sleeve shirt, and uh, the women's shirt is a teal color long sleeve mm -hmm. V-neck shirt made just for women. And uh, it's a it, it's a little bit smaller logo on the the women's shirt. You can find pictures of these at kfuo.org. Click on the Shareathon banner at the top of the screen. It'll show you all the the fun stuff that we have to say thank you with. And it has, of course, our theme verse, Romans 10, 17, on the back of it. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17, on that shirt. You can join with KFUO in proclaiming that good news of Christ. And you know, the, the cool thing about these shirts is you get to, if you wear them, and they are super comfortable, are they not, Jordan? They're, they're super comfortable shirts. Uh, if you wear them, you have one path Apple, right? You have a KFUO t-shirt. They're pretty comfortable, yes, right? They are, they are very comfortable. So they are wear very your KFUO t-shirt everywhere, and you can tell people about KFUO Radio and the good news of Christ that we proclaim on KFUO Radio. You can do that. And I, mm -hmm. I have, Andy, I have gotten comments about the shirt, and people appreciate seeing that Bible verse on the back, Romans ten seventeen. Outstanding. Well, that's what we're all about, proclaiming that good news of Christ, proclaiming that word, sharing that word, um, that we might be, that God might do in his word what he wants to do as we hear it, uh, and that, that our faith may be strengthened. And uh, we are just grateful that we have the opportunity to get to do that every day. And we can do that. Uh, because the Lord has allowed it, the Lord has blessed it, and that certainly happens through listeners like you who call in and make a gift so that we can continue to do this good work. 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Call and make your gift today to be part of KFUO share 2023, and we're going to head back to Sharper Iron in just a moment. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's Thursday, April 27th. We're studying the book of Jonah with Pastor Dustin Beck. We have reached the fourth segment, and so we come to Jonah chapter 4. As we've been saying, this is the part that sometimes gets left off of the story, but it really is important. So help us into Jonah chapter 4. Yeah, chapter 4, four is, um, 
I think that oftentimes people skip over it, or at least, you know, it's not the one that we really put all the effort and energy into because we don't really like it wrestling with chapter four. I mean, chapter three ends with this beautiful, you know, God relented of the disaster that he had planned to uh, perform on Nineveh. Uh, and so there's a happy ending. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, again, we mentioned this at the onset of the program, uh, that, that um, tie-in to Luke chapter 15 and the parable of the prodigal son, right? I mean, the, the prodigal son, the younger son has gone off. He has squandered all the wealth. He's as good as dead. And then when he comes back, the father runs out. He brings him in. There's a party. The end, right? Well, that's not right. quite it. There's, quite. there's that other brother who comes in from the field, and it turns out in the end, he's going to be the one who's on the outside. He's going to be the one whom the father is still standing there with his arms wide open, you know, inviting him to come back in. And that's where we find Jonah in Jonah chapter 4. I mean, verse 1 lays it out for us. Um, after all this mercy and everything, it says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and even as you, you've mentioned, we, we translated this from Hebrew, Hebrew, and it, I, I believe it. Jonah yeah. sees this as evil. Exactly. It's not just that he's mad about it, but he thinks that this it is was, evil. That it God was evil in the eyes of Jonah. Against, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Uh, does it matter uh, what yeah. it is in the eyes of Jonah? Does your opinion or mine matter, Pastor Apple? <laughs> well, our opinion exactly. should match up with what God yeah, thinks about God's it. God's opinion gets to reign supreme. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, so right. we finally get to understand the why behind the entire book of Jonah. He says um, in verse 2, O Yahweh, O Lord, uh, is not this what I said when I was still back in my country? That's why I made, my, uh, made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and you relent from disaster. Um, I mean, that's usually a good thing, isn't it? That's God. That's that's right. Yeah. Normally, right. this is this is the confession that people rejoice in, and Jonah says, "I don't like that you are right. this." At least exactly. To these and so that puts Christians in an awkward oh. place when we have similar emotions because we're like. God's going to be merciful to that person, you know, and the whole time, you know, we are the ones that should be just marveling at his mercy towards us. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the underlying thing here is Jonah, he's so blind to his own wretchedness, to his own faithlessness and doubt that he, he sees the Ninevites as like, they're the big enemy. I'm, you know, I'm a friend of God. And it's like, how can you be a, a friend with God, you know, when you are at, enmity with the world i think it's the other way around in in first john or in second john rather so yeah. and, well and that's where you uh -huh. know you've brought up luke 15 in luke 15 the prodigal yeah. son isn't the only lost one the, the young son is lost right. and so is the older son and the city of nineveh has been lost in paganism jonah is as it turns out yeah. lost in a different sense in this he doesn't realize that the grace of god is for everyone not just for him or not just for the chosen people, but it is for all. And so he finds it evil that the Lord has forgiven. Jonah is asked a question by the Lord. Do you, is this good? Jonah, is it really good that you're angry? And just like the father goes out to yeah. his older son to call him back. So now the Lord is going to go out to Jonah uh -huh. and call him back. So it looks like Jonah in verse five of chapter four, it's kind of like he, this is the way I've always pictured it. He, he goes outside the city and he camps out there because he wants to see the fireworks show. 
he, he thinks maybe the 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 sulfur is going to come down from heaven and he kind of wants to watch it, yeah. something like that. But while he's out there, the Lord's going to teach him something. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm absolutely on the same page with you. I think that Jonah goes out sort of hoping for the worst in terms of Nineveh's, you know, uh, um, what's going to happen with them. He goes out so he has a good vantage point. Of course, he doesn't want to be in Nineveh should God start raining down you know, uh, fire and brimstone and sulfur and things. So he goes outside of the city. He builds himself this this booth, this kind of thrown together little place. Um, and then we have that same verb that keeps being used um, that God appoints. You remember he appointed the fish back in chapter one. Now God appoints right. this plant that is going to grow up and bring him shade. Okay. So uh, even though Jonah is not in a good place in terms of where his heart is at, God still is going to shade him uh, in the shelter of, of, of his, you know, his creation. God is going to uh, bring him into this place where, you know, he can be cooled from the hot sun and he can be in a place where, you know, maybe he can, he can look to God's provision. He can say, okay, God, you know, you've, you've provided for me, even though I didn't deserve it, even though I was insolent, even though I ran off in the other direction. And I kept saying, like, I would rather die. It is better for me to die than to live because you're showing mercy. He said that right before God asked him, do you do well to be angry? You know, um, he goes and God provides this for him. Um, and then Jonah is so excited. He is overjoyed that God has given him this plant. Well, what happens with the plant? Well, at dawn the next day, once again, God appoints, God appoints a worm. This is a weird thing. It's, I don't, the imagery here is just a plant that rises in one day, <clears throat> some sort of a worm that shows up and chews through, attacks the plant so that it withers and dies. The sun comes up and then again, God appoints a scorching east wind from the desert that blows over so that the sun beats down on Jonah's head. And again, he is going from, you know, you get the picture that this, when this tree or this, this plant comes over his head, he's the happiest that he has ever been in the book, okay? Um, and then when the plant is gone, he's right back to, you know, I'd rather die um, than sit here and endure this scorching heat or this, you know, storm in the boat or this mercy uh, show that's going to be shown towards the Ninevites. Um, so yeah, Jonah's upset and God comes back to him again. And this is the point when he, when he starts to teach him the lesson. Yeah. Okay. So, so God comes back after the plant has yeah. been killed by the worm that God appointed after the wind has come and scorched Jonah, Jonah's faint. And Jonah, this is what we were talking about in chapter one. Jonah now right. says he wants to die and it's better. And that's why I think in chapter one, when he says, go ahead and throw me over the boat, probably yeah, something agree. similar is going on there. But now the Lord's going to speak to Jonah and, and give him the point. So he says, are, 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 is it really good that you're angry over the plant? And, and Jonah says, yeah, it's good, and I, I should be angry, angry enough to die. And then the Lord makes the point in verses sure, 10 yeah. and 11. I'll just go ahead and read those. The Lord, the Lord says to Jonah, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left? And also much cattle. Isn't it amazing? And that's where the book of Jonah ends with the question. Yeah. So, 
So what what is the point that the yeah, Lord? So wants the to point get uh, that He wants to get through to Jonah is the fact that you know you're finding so much joy in this incidental little you know this plant situation, and you're finding so much sorrow over it. Pay attention, Jonah. There are souls over here in the city of Nineveh, and yes, there are cattle. Right? Uh, he says you should be concerned for these folks. These folks who are made in the image of God, these folks uh, whom God loves enough that he sends forth his word so that they can receive that word uh, with joy and with thanksgiving, with sorrow over their sins and such that they might also become the people of God. That's the trajectory that this should be going. And like we keep saying, Jonah is sort of an anti-hero. He's the prophet who prophesies wrongly. He prophesies in spite of himself. So when Jonah is angry, we should be rejoicing. When Jonah is reluctantly preaching, we should be, there should be nothing that brings us more joy than saying, listen, I need to have a hard conversation with you, dear friend or, or dear family member. I need to talk with you about repentance, about God, about what really matters. You know, when Jonah acts, we see everything going wrong. And so we're supposed to learn from that. And yes, we're supposed to look to Jesus because Jesus is uh, the one who comes not to just bring the word, but to be the word. He is the word of God who infiltrates our broken sinfulness, who comes to us, who unpacks all of it. And more often than not, we are the Jonas in the story who are the reluctant prophets. We are the older brothers in the prodigal son uh, parable. We are the ones who we are frustrated when God shows mercy to the people that we don't think are deserving of it. But the whole way through, God is that loving father. God is that one who always has his arms open to us. He's the one who pulls us back in and teaches us, uh, gives us, not the ministry of Jonah, but instead the ministry of Christ. That's what he gives us through the gift of his word uh, and through the gift of, of things like KFUO. Isn't that great that we just get to sit and talk about the Bible? I mean, I know this is share so that's why we're talking about right. all this. But this is the way that God's Word works, is that it actually changes our lives. and actually uh, gives us not only the hope of eternal life, but it gives us eternal life and joy and blessing right now. And that's blessing that we get to share. Not reluctantly, not begrudgingly, but gladly. Indeed. God be praised. Pastor Dustin Beck is pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Warda, Texas. He has been helping us today to study the book of Jonah. My pleasure. Pastor Beck, thanks for being our guest today. I am your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. It has been a joy to study the book of Jonah with all of you today. Thank you for supporting KFUO during Shareathon. I'm looking forward to being with you again tomorrow. We're going to pick up a four-chapter book of the New Testament then. I will talk to you again tomorrow. I think we got the folks back in the studio to help us out with Shareathon once more. Andy. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pastor Apple, Pastor Beck, for a great study oh, yeah. of Jonah. Nobody drowned. Nobody drowned. So that's great. Great. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for your support. We did reach another level, so we are now at 31,000. Awesome. Good job. Is that right, Mary? That is perfect. Thank you, everyone who has called in or given a gift. We are grateful for your support, and that means that we have some winners, too. Is that right? We do. We have a couple people we want to thank, and then we have a raffle item to give away. Very good. So I'd like to thank some people. George Allen of University Place, Washington. Thank you so much for your gifts. Thank you to Glenda Baker of Belleville, Illinois. We really appreciate you. She gave in loving memory of her children who have both passed away and are in heaven now. Thank you to Ivan and Karen Benning of Harville, Illinois. We appreciate you. 
thank you to Jim and Alberta Bishop of East Prairie, Missouri. We appreciate you. And thank you to Thomas and Madeline Block of Lake Lakeland, Florida. Thank you. We really appreciate everything that you guys have done for us and for helping to support KFO during Sherathon. Thank you for calling in and making your gift or sending in a letter with your gift. We really appreciate it. It helps us continue to do this work of proclaiming Christ for you. And now we're going to give away our raffle. All right. We need a drum roll. Uh, Pastor Beck, can you give us a drum roll? I don't roll? have a drum. I can hit the microphone a lot. Did that do it? That, I don't know right. if that did it. <laughs> 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 All right, Mary, do, did you draw a name? Yes. All right, yes, so name, what so. is the winner winning today? So they are winning the Lutheran Seal Personal Ooh. Journal. This is a really nice leather-bound journal. Um, it's got gold, um, what is that, when, the, when there's gold on the edge of the paper? Um, what do we call that? I can't I remember can't what it's I'm, called. I'm blanking on that. There's um, a special word for it, but I'll hold it up on Facebook Live for everybody to see. You want me to hold it up on the camera on Facebook Live for everybody to see? It's got the gold edge pages on it. It's got so, a beautiful Luther seal embossed yeah. on the front, and it's a really nice journal. Oh, look actually. at that. Very pretty. Very nice. Handy, too. It's just the right size, too, for carrying for a journal. It is. All right, so we have a winner, and the winner is our winner is ida hensey of collinsville illinois congratulations, congratulations ida. <laughs> ida thank you so much for calling in and making your gift and uh, for supporting kfuo you are now the proud owner of luther seal personal journal from concordia publishing house also thank you concordia publishing house for sharing these wonderful gifts with us you can join with us to 1-800-730-2727 or 314-821-0850 thank you everyone for uh, joining us for Sharper Iron today. Coming up in just a little bit, we have the coffee hour for Sherathon 2023 on KFUO.